Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are flashing it back to 1972 and Super Bowl Seven. We recall the historic victory and the legendary Don Shula, the coach of the Miami Dolphins for not one, but two Super Bowl championships with Hall of Famer himself, Larry Little. All of that and more on this Friday, May the 8th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And by now, we all know the story. The undefeated Dolphins up against Washington for an NFL championship and what would later be known as the only perfect team in NFL history, which stands to this day. And joining me to discuss Super Bowl Seven, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Larry Little. And joining me now on the Drive Time Podcast, he spent 12 years with the Miami Dolphins. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, six-time first-team All-Pro and Pro Bowler, a member of the 1970s All-Decade Team, Dolphins Ring of Honor, and Pro Football Hall of Fame, and a resident of Perfectville. He is Larry Little. Larry, welcome in, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me here today. We're very happy to have you in. And of course, we have some somber news to kick off this podcast because I do want to get the take of all the Dolphins alumni on Don Shula. And I just want to give you the floor here and start by asking you, who was Don Shula to you? Well, actually, he was the man that probably made me to be the football player I was because when I first met him, I went to his press conference when he first came to the Dolphins. And uh, I, because I was here a year before he came, he came in 1970, and I was here in 1969. And I walked up to him and I said, "Hi, Coach Shula. My name is." After that, after the press conference, my name is uh, Larry Little. I'm your right guard. The first thing he asked me, "How much do you weigh?" <laughs> and I told him, "I said uh, I'm 285." He just walked off from me. He didn't say another <laughs> word. When I got a reporting reporting date a letter had my weight to be your reporting weight would be 265 but oh goodness so you know and when I lost that weight that made me a, actually made me a better football player a hundred percent and those weights definitely different than the times we play with now but I was curious to get your take Larry because a lot of your teammates Sanka Fernandez they talk about Shula kind of giving you guys a moment in the locker room after losing Super Bowl VI and saying, I want you to remember this feeling and remember how this feels and use this next year, use this as motivation. How much did that stick with you personally? Well, it did. I, I concur with what Manny and Zong said. Uh, it really stuck with us because there was a terrible feeling that day after losing that game to Dallas in New Orleans. And uh, I was, you know, I thought about that when he said it. I said, no, I don't ever want to feel this way again after uh, uh, after the Super Bowl game. You know, we went on to go have great a great year that year. And some people do say, Larry, that we, we've had this experience before, whether it was college or the pros, where maybe losing a game before you get to the playoffs is better for some reason. Like we heard about the, I think it was the, the 2008 Indianapolis Colts or something to that effect, but you guys put perfection on the line every single week. Was that more added pressure knowing that every week we have to win, otherwise this, un, this perfect record's gone? 
not really what happened was we never really spoke about it during the season. I think the only time we felt pressure, or no, I felt pressure as a team, was when we uh, won our last game of the regular season, and we were 14-0. and 0. And I said, now, we don't win these next uh, three games. We we would not accomplish our goal of winning the Super Bowl. And then, but to win those games, we had to go undefeated. And so that's what happened. And we won the next few games. They weren't easy games. These teams played us tough. But we managed to win them one way or another. We and found the, a way to win. You did. And the way the NFL schedule worked back then was the the – conference title games rotated back and forth between the home venue. So being the better record, you didn't get that home game. And so you guys had a tougher road than maybe you should have had. And I'm curious to get your take on this because you entered the Super Bowl game as underdogs. Was that kind of a slap in the face or maybe some extra motivation for you? Well, first of all, we had to go into Pittsburgh for the AFC championship game. And you're going into Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve and the temperature was 68 degrees. So that's in our favor. You normally <laughs> you in the tens, the twenties, sure. and uh, but going to play the Super Bowl game, uh, I felt we were disrespected because we were playing against a bunch of old men at the time. They called them an over the hill game. <laughs> no way we were going to let old men win that game on Super Bowl Sunday. I love it. And you guys that year set a then NFL record with 2,960 rushing yards. And your work in all areas of the running game, Larry, was a big, big part of that. But largely getting out in space on those sweeps and just running people over. It's it's fun to watch your highlight tape even to this day. What was it about your skill set that made you so effective on those blocks out in space like that? Well, one thing, uh, you know, with my speed. And like I said, when I lost those uh, 20 pounds, when coach came in and my weight stayed right around 265. And I could always run, but, you know, there was just something about me that when I got there, I knew I, and they had a cornerback, especially when they tried a safety, trying to take me on. That was like them trying to commit suicide. Because <laughs> there's no way I would let a DBR cornerback just try to take me head on and get away with it. So. <laughs> I took a lot of pride in what I was doing, you know, and I had to get out there fast most of the time anyway because I was, I was pulling for Mercury, and Mercury was fast as hell, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, so I had to get out there in front of him. And uh, But, you know, uh, a lot of people look at me as running sweet, but a lot of people didn't pay attention to me with the one-on-one blocking inside either, and I was pretty good at that, I, I would like to think. Well, hey, I don't think you go to six Pro Bowls and six uh, first-team All-Pros without without being pretty good at that area. So I think you were right on that one, Mr. Little. It, it, I want to ask you, is there a specific moment in that game, the Super Bowl game, that you recall as a favorite, whether it was like a block you made or maybe it was a play that one of your teammates made? Was there a moment where you just said, yeah, this is this is when we're going to go ahead and go win this game and, and go undefeated? i tell you, we had a play called uh, P-10 Express. And there was my uh, center and myself would exchange blocks. He would block back, I would pull around and block the linebacker. But the linebacker ran out of, out of the picture, so I had nobody to block. The next thing I knew, it was Zonka running the ball. And because that way I slowed up, because no way Zonka would ever catch me if I didn't slow up. And as I slowed up, he ran right by me. And I knew then we, you know, we gained about 25 or 30 yards on that particular play. 
And I said, this is going to be easy. This game is going to be easy as pie. <laughs> and, you know, it would have been the only shutout in Super Bowl history had not Garrow, your premium, uh, made that bonehead play late in the game. Well, I was going to ask you, did that did that really stick in your craw because there was a chance, like you guys had mentioned, to go 17-0 and with the 17-0 score had the field goal been good? Did that really bother you guys? Well, no, it didn't bother us uh, later on, but at the particular time, <laughs> yeah, sure. if 45 hours could kill when he got to the sideline, he, <laughs> he would have shot him. <laughs> I think somebody even called, I wouldn't go as far as calling, somebody called him a coward, but I would never go that far by calling Gary a coward because he won too many other games for us. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And I wanted to close with you on this one, Larry. Was there a specific story about Don Shula that you can tell us? Like, what's your best Don Shula story? Well, uh, one was when it, it, we, well, we, we practiced at Biscayne College. There was a fence behind our practice field. And there was this rookie that was late for practice. And he tried to sneak into practice by climbing over that fence behind the <laughs> huddle. And, and coach caught him and told him, you were cut. You go back the same way you came in. Instead of the fool walking out the gate to go to the locker room, he climbed back over the fence to, uh, to go back the way shoes told him to go. So uh, that, that always would always stick out with me because... I mean, you cut. You're not going to be here anymore. While you climb back over a fence, when you could walk walk right out of the gate, you go back to the locker room to get your equipment, turn in your equipment. It, it reminds and me. And then there was one when uh, Mercury, because Mercury was full of drama all the time. And uh, Merc came, he was hit pretty hard. And he came to the sideline. They were doing a preseason game. And uh, Merc came over. He collapsed right in front of the shoes. And grabbed his pants. And she would start pushing him to the ground. Get off me. Get off me. Get off me. And Burger the oh, crying and carried on like he always did at times. And and when he went and sat on the bench, about ten minutes later, I went over there and sat next to him and said, You know what? When you went over there and grabbed shoes, pants, he treated you like you were a goddamn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I can listen to these all day, Larry. If you've got any more, please keep them coming. Okay. I, I, I have more, day. but uh, we won't, they're, they're, they're a little more racier okay. than those two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we appreciate your, uh, your, your PC-ness here on the podcast. We appreciate your time and your stories. It's, it's great to hear from you, Larry, and, uh, and just thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. It was nice. I enjoyed it. Have a good one, Larry. Oh, you take care. Bye. All right, bye. And so there he goes, Larry Little, short but sweet, but man, what a football player he was. On the video component of our conference call, he had award after award and plaques hung up all over the background. I jump on the phone call with him and I ask him, I say, hey, Larry, you've uh, you've accomplished some things in your life, huh? And he said, oh, yeah, I've done a few things. Just very humble, very modest about it all. Love the story about him having to drop the weight at 285 to get to 265 Honestly, as someone who is younger, as a Dolphins fan, I thought he was going to say he had to gain more weight up because nowadays 285 is light for the offensive line. But back then, Larry, if you haven't seen him or his highlight videos, I highly, highly encourage younger fans to go back and take a look at Larry Little on YouTube. There are some short clips. They're not 
in-game footage, but there are videos of Larry Little doing his thing. And you watch him out in space, you heard him talk about it, how almost much of a challenge it was or a suicide mission for a defensive back to try to take him on in the open field. He viewed that as a personal mission. And when you watch his highlight tape, you can definitely tell that it was his personal mission to end that player's misery on that particular play because he just bowled guys over. Great footwork, great out in space, just a fantastic player. I don't really have to go into the details because you know it from his background, the six All-Pro honorees, the six Pro Bowl invitations, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame status. I mean, it speaks for itself. What a great conversation that was with the legend Larry Little. I had one comment I wanted to ask him about, but I didn't have a chance to get it in there. He mentioned that story about the player jumping the fence. How much does that remind you of the major league movies when Wesley Snipes thinks he got cut and winds up running the 40-yard dash in his pajamas when he jumps over the fence and makes Makes the team. That's exactly what I thought of in that instance. But Don Shula, not going to be quite as lenient as a fictional manager in a baseball movie. So a great story there, a great podcast, a great detail of that 1972 Super Bowl VII victory. The Dolphins improved to 17-0, the only undefeated team in National Football League history to get all the way through from the opener to the Super Bowl, unbeaten Larry Little, What a fun podcast this was to do. All right, we have plenty of content up on MiamiDolphins.com, including the article that accompanies this podcast on your Fins flashback. We also have the schedule release as now out. The Dolphins 16-game slate has been put out there. Dates and times. Go ahead and check out MiamiDolphins.com to get your tickets today. You can check out the podcast. We broke down the schedule, talked about some matchups. How good was it to talk some actual football on that podcast and get into the matchups of this upcoming season? We broke it down week by by week. Check out the article on MiamiDolphins.com. Check out that edition of the Drive Time Podcast. But as for this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. We have a new episode of the Fish Tank Podcast. Seth and Juice talking about the legendary coach, Don Shula, the Audible with Kim and Bo, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.